Hello friends, before we get started on this next amazing episode, I just wanted to give a short shout out to our team at MetalCloak, the group that makes this podcast possible. From engineering to production, from marketing to sales, from accounting to HR, every member of the MetalCloak family works diligently every day to bring some of the world's best products to the off-road enthusiast. Designed, engineered, proven, MetalCloak. That is not just a clever cadence written by me, but a true statement of what we do every day and why we truly appreciate each and every one of you. If you are looking for something for your Jeep, Ram, Bronco, or Toyota, give us a try. We are here to help. And now, on to another amazing episode of the Modern Jeeper Show. The season starts with safari and it ends at Thanksgiving. Wow. And then it's uh, cabin fever time. (laughs) (laughs) The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. Hello, Modern Jeepers. Matson here, and welcome to episode number 13 of The Modern Jeeper Show, the show about Jeeps, Jeeping, and Jeepers. This week, Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey Osborne, and I are together in Moab, Utah for the 53rd annual Easter Jeep Safari. We have the privilege of doing the show in the famous and iconic Grandpa's Garage, where we interview Grandpa himself, Danny Grimes. Grandpa shares with us why he moved to Moab and how much it has changed over the years, how the famous and free Grandpa's Garage was started, Grandpa's rules of civility, favorite trails, favorite Jeeps, why they call the trails out here Slick Rock, how not to be stupid on the trails, how they successfully changed the OHV laws in Moab, allowing UTVs and buggies on the road, and why there is a pair of burned men's underwear on the wall of the garage. And we even get a pop-in visit from one of our great friends and modern Jeeper partners. Of course, we have another great tech tip of the week, directly from Grandpa's experience with the thousands who have come directly through his bay doors. The number one failure of most off-roaders. As a note, we have posted several pictures of Grandpa's garage on the notes page of this episode, which you can find at modernjeepershow.com. As always, we are extremely grateful to our partners, including Raceline Wheels, Warren Winches, Best Stop, Milestar Tires, Rugged Radios, and, of course, Metal Cloak. So sit back, relax with the cold one, and enjoy episode number 13 of the Modern Jeeper Show. Well, hey, Modern Jeepers, it is here. It's another show. Matt's in here and Mr. Modern Jeeper, Corey. Hey, guys. This is kind of interesting because we are actually doing this together. Like, we're not... We're not at some, or you're not in some parking lot in the middle of no place. <laughs> I'm not in an Arby's parking lot this time. That's true. Uh, yeah, the um, technology has always been great because we we're able to like do it no matter where we're at and have people call in. But this is kind of cool right. actually sitting next to each other. It's kind of kind of a little bit better than waiting for the delays of, are you done asking that question? Am I okay now? Can I talk? So yeah, this is much better. Well, and from an audio standpoint, at least we'll all have the same audio this right. time and not a bunch of ups and downs and me being super loud and you being quiet and all the changes right. and stuff we made. But yeah, so it's pretty cool being here. Definitely. And come on, we're in Moab. We are in Moab for the Easter Jeep Safari. Um, what a an amazing week this event has turned into. Um, this is actually my 20th year. Uh, 20, 20 year. years? Yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. 20 years. And for me, I think it's year 10, so... Um, yeah, you're twice as old as I am. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. That, that, well, you know, I'm, yeah, I am getting a little bit grayer over the years, for sure. 
So 20 years out here. And so, which is interesting because that first 16 years, you weren't working with us. And so you're actually out here actually wheeling. Right. I mean, that's how I work every time. We've had those conversations where I was just an enthusiast. I was, uh, I loved being out uh, wheeling and uh, it kind of has evolved into how we passionately follow our dreams and and our goals. and, And yeah, here we are with, this has been a dream come true for me. To have gone from an enthusiast to now working as part of the industry and uh, to get to, to see people that I, I don't get to see at other events throughout the year, Moab has become that gathering place for sure. Well, absolutely. It's become such the mecca between the the uh, the concept Jeeps out here and Jeeps presence. And pretty much if you're a vendor in the industry, you're not here. You're not really a vendor in the industry. It's, it's just be kind of become that. Absolutely. We're actually... In a place that is the gathering center for a lot of the vendors uh, that come to Easter Jeep Safari in Moab. And again, we came out last night and got to run into a lot of people that we typically just don't see at other events. It's nice about what's nice about Easter Jeep Safari is that it is kind of a vendor focused event where we all can get together with other people that are in the industry and see each other. Whereas a lot of events around the country, it's an enthusiast driven event where People are spread out. We don't necessarily get to, to see these folks that are, are involved as, as much as we are. Right, right. Well, the vendor show here is only two days, and everybody's here for at least a week. So a lot of chance to get on the trails. Like, you know, we went on Pritchett yesterday and, and had a lot of fun. I say we. I mean, Metal Cloak did. Uh, you and I were busy doing the CTI trailer, which was great. We had the JT uh, on the Gladiator on the CTI trailer. First Gladiator ever on the CTI trailer. And what did it score? It was actually 650. Um, yeah, Rick Payway and his crew came out, and um, it was nice that they brought us a, a JT to, to get up on the trailer. Um, again, what an amazing vehicle. Jeep continues to do such a good job from their engineering standpoint of developing these vehicles that are, are truly unique and what the, what the consumer wants. Yeah, and, and it's great. I mean, the, the stock jail does seven-something. Yeah, Which yeah. is pretty good because a stock JK it was in the 500s. Right. So right. it was a huge jump from a stock rig. But then the JT, but the JT, as you said, is a truck, right? That's right. So it's a truck that does 650 out of the box. Out of the box. I mean, um, that's, that's huge. So yeah. you get a, we know. And I heard that the, the production run for the JT this first year is like 105,000. I think that's going to be small. I think they're going to sell out of that. I think they're going to go through that quickly. I think they're going to be doing quarter million run pretty quickly. If you, know, you look at if you look at the amount of sales that like a Ranger gets or some of that other sport truck market. Right, right. I, I definitely think that the, the Jeep engineers have done their homework and as we've watched this JT release and seen people how how excited they are for this truck to to hit the showrooms and the dealers, um, yeah, it's it's gonna sell well. Yeah, I think so. I think so. The reason we're sitting here right now is we're actually at a very special location and this has been not only a location that's been important to Easter Jeep Safari over the last how many years you've been doing it, how many years I've been doing it, but also it was even part of our modern Jeeper adventure that we did. It was the Saturday night uh, event. He was kind enough to host. Uh, we're at Grandpa's Garage. And Corey, tell, tell us why Grandpa's Garage is so special. Well, I, I, I always tell the same story. I, I remember a number of years ago when uh, I was actually invited and, and some folks were coming over to, uh, to Danny's house and, and I, I felt like it was kind of a privileged thing. And, and I remember some, some people saying, you know, hey, can we go out there? And uh, 
I actually told him, I said, you know, look, this is kind of like, I, I was invited to go. I don't know if I'm allowed to invite other people. And I remember telling the story to Danny, and Danny actually yelled at me, and he said, uh, no, that's, that's not the case. This place is a safe zone for everyone. And uh, what a unique man who's been involved in the industry for a number of years has everybody in Moab, anybody that's a wheeler is, is a friend of Grandpa's Garage. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's become a pretty special place over the years where it is a safe zone where competitors, wheelers of, of everyone can come out here, enjoy each other's company, have a drink, and, and just hang out. It's, it's awesome. It is. And, and, you know, for those that are listening, there might be noises in the background because we're actually sitting in Danny's garage with our microphone and um, they're cleaning up from last night's event. Because pretty much every every night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is an industry event sponsored by special companies who come out and they're open to other industry members to come in. And it's a great chance, chance for us to just hang out. And we're all friends ultimately, right? We're competitors during the day. At night, we're friends. We're friends on the trail. We talk about being, you know, being there and supporting each other. And Danny has really been an advocate for that because no BS is allowed in here, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah, we're talking about Danny, and Danny is Danny Grimes, the man, the myth, the legend, Grandpa's Garage. Tell, I'll let Corey. I'll let you do the intro. Yeah, you, you've already, you're halfway there. Uh, uh, such a dear friend of mine and um, has been so supportive of, of me over the years. Again, this is a place where if you have a broken vehicle and you're in Moab, like the garage is open. You can use tools. There are some parts out here. He asks you, you know, you respect everything. You, you replace things. Um, but, but Danny's house has really become a, a place for, it's a, it's a safe zone. I don't know how else to put it. And everybody is a friend. Danny Grimes, welcome. Yeah, welcome you. to the Bonner Jeeper Show. You're welcome. <laughs> how how many how many years have you been here? I'm working on my fifteenth year of living here. First time here was in nineteen seventy seven. Jeep Club. The president of our Jeep Club brought us up here for safari. And then every year. Every year since then. And then uh, left California, searching the countryside to move. Come through here and just said, Dag with it. I'll just stay right here. Wow, that was it. How what's the how did the garage evolve? Because I know when you first came here, it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna have this shop and I'm just gonna invite everybody out. Well, when uh, I had to build a garage and why it was being built and everything, I was hanging out at uh, uh, Moab local four uh, by shop and uh, just hanging around and all that. They had a customer who was watching and paying by the hour to have his vehicle repaired. And in his circle of friends, he was saying, God, if I just had a welder or I just had a gear puller or if I had my torque wrench or I could be fixing my own the way I want. And uh, little birdie says, you know, I got all of that stuff in my garage. It's just there. So I started throwing it out. Hey, if you can fix it yourself, I'm retired. I don't work. So the, I just started in, and it's uh, it's not a Jeep only, a Toyota only. I like to say anything off-road or off-pavement. And it has involved, evolved into four buys. Uh, week after this event is Hot Rods, the car show. And then after that, it's the side-by-sides. And then 
After that, it's the season. I have bicycles in here getting oh, fixed. Wow, really? I have broken trailers with wheel bearings and bent <laughs> tongues, and it's just. I had uh, no idea it was that evolved. It's just a uh, year round. The season starts with safari and it ends at Thanksgiving. Wow! And then it's uh, cabin fever time. Right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we all get off the road and well, and yeah. yeah. And are you not? Are you here all the time? Because you, you you still travel. I do take uh, vacations now and then, but. Uh, I'll say it. I'll put it out there. This place is never locked, and I don't have to be here. If it is locked, they have the phone number. Call me. I'll tell you it's under the big rock next to the trash can or whatever. Clean up after yourself. If it catches on fire, run. <laughs> it's insured. <laughs> there you go. You know, I don't know of any other place in the entire country that is like this uh, and I guess that's what makes Easter Jeep Safari so special for us being in the industry um, there, there's nowhere else that is a safe zone I mean we all go out at events and we see each other in restaurants and things like that but there's no place where you can have a gathering of, of medical folks, Genrite folks, Warren people, all these different manufacturers, and we'll all be gathered around a Jeep in the garage that's being torn apart and worked on and pitch in and help where we can and if they, didn't, if they need it. Um, yeah, just but, pretty Well, the, the vendor nights, uh, how that evolved, I had Jim at Dynatrack and Brett at the time was Superlift. They came in and uh, Jim says, do you mind if I throw my company party and they get together here? And I questioned him about why. And he said, well, the restaurant or a bar is very expensive. And uh, at 1030, you got to get out and you're out. And then you got to sit at a table. You got to kind of clean up. And he said, I want to have the opportunity to shake the hand and talk to somebody that I only see on my computer or on my phone. I want to, hey, how can we make it better? You got any glitches? We're relaxed, having a f- drinks and all that and food. So I go, okay. The first two years of doing the vendor thing, uh, other vendors jumped in. I said, well, this is not me. You have to call, to call Jim, and, and he's like, I got something going. No, no, no. So then I had to start adding days and all that. Mm. But it is a neutral area. Uh, if you're having an event here or have your product in here for repair and parts, I ask that if you get a group around, uh, let's say, uh, Tom Woods Drive Chefs. He's got all his parts here for his customers who are here. And I told him, now, if you got four or five guys standing around your product and all that, and you're talking about your product, that's fine. That's why it's here. But you cannot be saying, my product's better than Jim Reel or yada, yada, yada. That's, talk about yours and that's it. But don't badmouth people because Jim Reel may be sitting at a table right beside you. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, it's and, interesting, Corey, you said that, the, that this is like the only place in the country that you can be this. And it's true as far as location, but it seemed, when you were saying that and describing it, it felt like that's the way we are on the trail. Yes. It's like here is a, is a sample of we're, we're that way on the trail. We always take care of each other. 
we will help each other fix no matter yes. what. And, and it's like you've brought, Dan, you've brought that in, into your environment. You want to have the same, same culture, the same lifestyle within your building. Well, I have total strangers come in, and uh, I tell everybody, hey, it's, remember, if you can fix it yourself, you can come here. Also, if you're on a trail and you see somebody broke, it's quite okay to tell them what I just told you. And many, many, many times there'll be a total stranger come up and say, hey, I was on cliffhanger and broke this, and they told me, go to Grandpa's Garage, so... And it's just evolved over the years and years and years. I have this little quirk that I was funny, ha-ha for me, and it made me feel good. I made these little Grandpa's Garage stickers, Moab. And I would tell them, you know, I don't charge you. You can do all this stuff. But for me, would you put my sticker on your vehicle? I said, put it on the glass so you can go around the corner and scrape it off. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> and it has evolved into now. I got Stickers in every state in the union and wow. seven countries. Wow. And it's evolved into the people who want to be part of the program and the industrial. They'll come over and drive in the garage and air up the tires <laughs> and ask for my sticker. I want Grandpa's Crest sticker. Well, that's I know awesome. all the traveling that I do all the way across the country, it's always nice because I'll run into a Jeeper that's got Grandpa's Garage sticker on it, and I know right away. This is probably somebody that I can have a conversation with, and we're like long-lost friends. Um, so, yeah, there's that camaraderie for sure. Well, I've also gotten feedback. Uh, somebody <clears throat> walks up to his vehicle and goes, what would you break in Moab? <laughs> and they'll go, how do you know I broke and it was in Moab? Because the only way you get that sticker is to work on your vehicle in Grandpa's garage. <laughs> and I'm going to take a moment and kind of describe this place because I noticed we're, we're sitting here looking around. You just can't help but not just look at. And the room we're in, it's probably what? It's about 30 by 30. 20 by 30. It's 20 by 30 room. And it's, it is eclectic. I mean, it has photos all over the place. It has banners. It has uh, these. It has hoods and grills that have been gifted to Danny by Jeep um, and it, one, all off, of, one off stuff one off stuff yeah. and what's interesting is that everything here if it's a photo if it's a banner if it's one of these, they have signatures on them yes and, and I remember coming to you like oh how do I get a banner up and that was your rule like you've got you can do it but you've got to sign it for me right and with the, the hoods and the grills and like we'll try to take some photos of these and, and post them for in the show notes so you can really get an idea but they are signed. They're usually gifted over to you on one of these nights, like like last night's event, um, and signed by everybody there. And I don't think there's a there's a negative word up there. And the if you just start reading these signatures, it shows just the amount of love and an admiration and respect that this community has for you. Well, to help understand everything you see, and there's thousands of things to look at here. I did not gather them up. They were brought to me. Everybody likes to tag the garage. Mm. So a lot of the stuff after the event, I'll grab a drink or a cold drink or something and walk around and go, oh, that sticker wasn't there. Or, oh my gosh, who hung this up here? It's just a free reign advertising thing. Uh, it's just, it's, you got to see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. You got to see it. We'll take some photos and show, but it, it's, it's cool because you have... Photos up here that have got to be, you know, 20 plus years old. 
um, old rigs, new stuff. Uh, and then that's just this. That's just the office, or we consider like the the foyer or the the main area for it, where the bathroom stuff's at. You go into the main shop, which is a two bay door shop. It's got plenty of room. Um, there's industry banners up there. Like we have one that we we hung up a few years ago. But what we were doing, I think it was the 50th anniversary year, and we had the the T-shirt we were giving away at the CTI trailer. And I required everybody who got a T-shirt to sign it. So they were all signed it. So we brought it here and presented it. It's so signed by just general attendees. These are Dukes of Florida. And uh, it's just, it, it's cool because you come here and you feel like, wow, you're sitting, everything here has a story. And if I could just take a three or four or five days, I might learn them all. Right. It's, 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 it's pretty incredible. Well, the pictures, uh, regular photos... Uh, had a friend that was a camera buff, and he printed them out. Uh, they're stapled to the wall all over. And one day I was saying, "Yeah, I need to get these down." And they've been up there for years. <laughs> Everybody in the room is, "No, no, no, no." I come back every year and look for my photo, uh, and then he goes, "Boy, I was really drinking that night. And <laughs> why am I kissing that woman?" <laughs> That is a woman, right? Wait, can yeah. we get rid of that evidence now? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually uh, sitting here looking around and going, yeah, you know what? I remember when that hood was brought in. Yeah. I think I've got a signature on a couple of those. And yeah. it's I, I living those memories, even for me, to, to come here and go, oh, yeah, I remember that night. And yeah. who I talked to and the conversations we've had over the years. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the most unique places uh, on the planet for an off-roader. Well, back to the photo thing, I had a really ha-ha moment. There was a picture of a man and a woman married, and it was there for years. And after safari, I happened to walk by, and he was tore out of the picture. So I called her, I go, hey, what's up? What, uh, oh, we're divorced. And, <laughs> and then when he came and she didn't, the picture disappeared. <laughs> Gone entirely. It was funny. When did this place, so what year was it that you actually decided to open this up to the public? Uh, oh, six, I think. Oh, six? Maybe oh. five. Wow. And so here we are, it's 2019. So it's 13 years, 13 years, you know, maybe 14 years of yeah. people coming through here. A quick guesstimate, how many vehicles do you think have been through here? Well, in 2017, I had a, a little check area and I would kind of do a head count check 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 for the year for the year was 2,700 people 27 in one year in one year wow one year. wow that's uh so that's, yeah you multiply that by 13 years and you think some years are probably a little bit busier than yeah. others and how it's grown um we're talking about 30,000 plus rigs yeah have been through here now you you gotta understand that's not uh, four buys or jeeps or tires. Right, right. This is from bicycles Everything. to yeah. Well, I know we've jeeps. been out here for um, large dinners. You've had catering companies come out here and put on full blown, nice sit down meals and everything from that to paper plates and grab some grab a burger and some chips and have a beer. I mean, it's you yeah, had that. It's um, the rental companies here. Uh, they all know me. They've been here and all that. Sometimes they'll have large 
corporate groups or just large groups rent all their Jeeps and they'll take them out and, and they'll go, hey, we want to flip some burgers and uh, hot dogs and have a beer and everything. And they'll bring all of that out here and do it. I remember uh, having deep fried gator here, and they were, they, you oh, know, and super lift was in. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There was gumbo, <laughs> catfish, alligator, oh, all that's of awesome. that, and they cooked it themselves right here. Did they really? Yeah. Wow, wow. Bring it in all. fact, one of the guys, they loved to get on that committee and volunteer to cook and <laughs> stir and serve because they would get okay. You got two weeks. We're gonna have alligator. You got two weeks paid. Go wow. fishing. Go Can't hunting. Go get really? some alligator. Oh, well, they got their own. Wow. Yeah, they had to go trap it, shoot it, or get it, you know, and prepare it. Dang. That's cool. why it was so good. It was fresh. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like, you know, alligator out of a bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, I remember doing it. was like, and then, of course, looking forward to that. And then I think the next year, Super Lift was gone. And I yeah, down it was to, so, yeah. We were down to burgers or something. But it's just, that, just, just the joy of being here. But let's, let's start talking Jeeps. This is the Modern Jeeper Show. And uh, let's go back. Let's go back in Danny Graham's history. What was your first Jeep? When did you have it? What was it? Uh, 19, what was it, 48 flat fender. Is it up there? Uh, yeah, up in the very corner at the door. Okay. I used to ride bikes, motorcycles. Got tired of going back and starting them. Went to dune buggy, so I get it all together. I was looking for a family experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I joined Cal Four Wheel and I had meetings every month and the association and all that, more family type stuff around the campfire. And over the years, I got to see the friends' kids grow up, learn how to play the guitar sitting by the fireplace and wow. sing and all that stuff. Of course, now I'm they're grown, got their own family. <laughs> right, right. So I kind of feel the grandpa thing was named from my granddaughter. She always wanted to go to grandpa's garage. And uh, at my age now, I feel I'm a grandpa to the off-road world. You are. Well, I knew you as grandpa long before I even knew what your first name was. I've had that situation too. <laughs> Somebody else say, what is your name? I've been calling you grandpa for 20 years. What is your name? So what did you, was that, did you keep it stock? What did you do to your first Jeep? A uh, little flat fender, uh, Buick V6. Oh, the big 11-inch brake thing. You had to change that over. And then, uh, of course, raising a family and working, it had Lincoln lockers in it. <laughs> the old CPEC tires. Uh, oh, yeah. All the, just way back. And then my day, if you purchased a Jeep and you wanted to alter it, you had to do it yourself. Mm. There's right. no going online or opening a magazine and... Right. That kind of stuff. The whole aftermarket. I mean, yeah. back then, there was only a handful. Warren was probably was one of the first yeah. aftermarket I used to companies. wheel with Warren down P4W, down in Phoenix, and all that. But it was quite cool to have the camaraderie. To Everybody looked at everybody's vehicle to get ideas. Right. right. You know, they didn't sit and flip it online or go to <laughs> yeah. magazines. Right. this and that and that and that. And, and, and I mean, the biggest... Was Peterson's around? What was the biggest off-road magazine at the time? Uh, man, I, I don't know, Corey. Huh? Uh, yeah, I can't, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if there was a yeah, mainstream back when we got started. Yeah, huh. I mean, I'd have to think about it. Like that. old four-wheeler and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't know what year those even came about. Hmm. 
That's yeah. an interesting yeah. question. You'd have to talk to Payway. He's yeah, there you go. Well, it's, he's on our for modern jeepers. He's on our target list. We we hope maybe we'd be able to get a, an interview with him while we're here. Um, so, so then you had to, how long did you have that jeep for? Oh, probably about five years. Five years. The thing with uh, my vehicles disappear by I want that and uh, over a beer and. <laughs> I've went home many times on empty trailers. I just catch <laughs> that. And wow. So then what did you follow it up with? Uh, I went to Jeepsters. Oh, nice. Uh, four seaters. Yeah. Room in the back. And how many kids? Because how many kids you have? Uh, None? None? Okay. So it was just all it was. Yeah. <laughs> the granddaughter is, to help you understand where it is, is uh, my wife's, at the time, uh, son. Okay. And uh, the granddaughter attached to me, and yeah, and so that's how that went, I went down. But back to the Jeepsters, I could put four people in it. Right. I could take the seat out, put my motorcycle in the back. I could sleep in the back. Wow! And then as things went along, then I got into the scramblers and all that kind of stuff. So you kept with the big ones, and then uh, and I've since I've known you, you've had the uh, the red and chrome. One, which right, which that was what? What year was that? Really? That was that was pretty much the that was pretty that was, recent. That was, recent. Yeah, yeah. So. I built that for a customer and then uh, bought it back and bought it back. Made my own version of it. Right. And what what was the base? And that was a C, was that a CJ or that uh, particular vehicle? The only thing OME on it was the steering column and the grill. Everything was handmade, custom, custom made aftermarket wow. Market. stuff. But uh, it was a CJ6, a Bob CJ6. Okay. And I was in California. I found an old CJ6. It had a title and VIN number. <laughs> so it was registered as a 1966 CJ6. Huh. I did not know that. So, so But when I sold it, uh, people would go, oh, I'm going down to the bank for the credit union. I'll be right back. And they come back. 1966, they give me $500. <laughs> I wanted like $100,000. <laughs> right, right. And what? then it just evolved, huh? yeah. like everybody else. What was your favorite Jeep you've ever owned? Uh, I can't say that because you'd have to ask me, what's your favorite trail? <laughs> That's one of our favorite questions. And, uh, and I would say, where, whatever you're on. Where are we going? Yeah. Right, right. right. In fact, when I moved here, I brought a lot of Jeeps with me, and I'd be downtown, and people go, hey, we're going out wheeling, come on. And I'd say, well, where are you going? And they'd tell me, and i go, I'll be right back, I'm in the wrong Jeep. Yeah, you gotta switch, <laughs> gotta switch rigs. That makes sense. And so, also, what you value at 25, 55, 30, 50, 60, and now into the 70s, you're... I look back like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do that a little yeah. bit. Um, and it is interesting. It, 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 we all look for that one vehicle that can do everything, but you know that's just not realistic. Yeah, um, yeah we try to modify things to be that all-around thing, but technology changes. Uh, our, our own personal yeah. desires and passions change about where we want to go and what we want to do. So. Yeah, and you have the opportunity to move around the United States. What works good in Moab don't work in the swamp. And That's Virginia. very true. That's very true. Do, do you have a favorite trail here in Moab? Uh, Moab Ram. I'm really feeling honorary and want to beat up on something. Uh, Pritchard, 
Yeah. 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 That seems those are two definitely of the most popular trails here for sure. But living here as long as I have, uh, I'm now into just, I wonder where this dirt road goes. I wonder what's up that road. Or in the book, I'll see an article or something. Let's go see that. And that mostly that comes from like living in Disneyland. How many times can you ride that ride? Ride the cup and saucer. <laughs> right, right. That's something different. And how many, so Moab itself, since you've been here so long, you guys have been coming out so long. How, how has it evolved as far as trails? I mean, there, you know, and this is something that I honestly don't know is there's, I don't know, say, say just roundabout number, there's 20, 30, 40 trails out here. How many trails were there 20 years ago? How, how do new trails get developed out here, and how does that happen? And, and you know, what's it like for? Well, the trails here were developed by the miners uh, looking for uranium, and um, the term slick rock scares everybody. Mm. And the term slick rock came from horseshoes and wagon wheels mm-hmm. back when this got going. To kind of answer your question, of course, the trails are getting wider. Equipment's getting better and more people and the side-by-side industry is I'm an off I'm a four-wheeler right, 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 right. but, yeah, but exactly. everybody it's kind of like uh, when I was in California everybody had sand buggies right, well right. when the three-wheelers come out there were bees all over that's right that's and right jet skis they were painting the ass on the river with powerboats right but uh, the BLM and the forestry and everything and the counties they keep a pretty good handle on stay on trail and all that good stuff. And people that come here first time complain, well, why can't I go climb here and climb there? I said, could you realize what our beautiful land would look like if 50,000 people could go anywhere? Right. It would It would just destroy the countryside. So <clears throat> you say you've been on every trail that's, been, that's out here? Yes. It has. How many are there? About... Or are you, I don't. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Uh, there's the schedule yeah, for there's safari, the, probably. probably and they're not even using all of them. Right, right. That's that's. And evolved. the other thing too, these trails out here, you have to share with uh, motorcycles, bicycles, side by sides, the hikers, the repel, repel. So you got to be really careful when you get here. You're not the only one here. It was interesting. We saw that in Modern Jeep Adventures because for me, Moab has always been just Easter Jeep Safari. It's a you know fourteen hour drive. We come out here, we're here for a week, we go back. But when we did Modern Jeep Adventures uh, Memorial Weekend, which is coming up again, Memorial Weekend, um, we uh, it was the first time I, I was here with the rest of the Moab community. So you do have that experience of riding a, a trail and stopping because there might be mountain bikers coming up, cutting across that trail on their trail. Or going down, I think we were heading down the road towards Poison Spider, and you got a bunch of guys um, rappelling and climbing off the rocks along that road, which is beautiful, right? So you start seeing a totally different community here. It's not just about the Jeepers. It's not just about the off-roaders. It's this this love of the outdoors right. that, that's brought together into this town. And I've experienced, uh, let's say, Hell's Revenge Park area. Uh Find somebody that'll stop me and say, hey, uh, somehow I lost my water bottle. You Can I get a bottle of water? And they're on a bicycle or, yeah. you know, everybody keeps or they'll fall down or bend a wheel. I've carried many of them, tie them with spare and bring them out. You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of reminiscing and thinking back over the years of, of 
how it has changed, whereas now you know we have to deal with so many even permitting issues for us to have events, even for us to take pictures now and be able to use them from a from a business standpoint. We have to have permits to take our pictures. Um, just the size of Moab in the last ten years has grown so much it has become it's a bucket list place for all the jeepers to to at least experience once people come here they fall in love with it they want to buy property here they want to live here they want to experience that year round um just the amount of hotels that have come up in the last well, since years. the uh state started advertising the mighty five that's five national parks here moab is no longer uh what it used to be it is a destination from all over the world. Right. I mean, you go in the city market, you hear so many languages and right. dresses and their lifestyle, uh, what they eat, what they buy, and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's a hub now. And it, it's it's got to be interesting for you being here so long that you, you're seeing that evolution. We we come out every once a year. It's like, well, the difference between, say, the difference between 2000. 15 and 2016 was, or was it 16 and 17 was like eight hotels. You know, yeah. all of a sudden eight new hotels built up in a year. Um, and all the campgrounds being purchased and turned into hotels and other vacant land being turned into hotels. In Sacramento, I can drive down our freeways and I see ban- I see billboards mm-hmm. that are up about visiting Moab. And so it's got to be that way everywhere. Well, also I have over all the years living here, somebody will come here and fall in love with it. I'm going to move here. And I have to tell them, uh, bring money. Yeah, right. <laughs> the wage and the lifestyle is so much lower. If you got a skill, you're pretty good, like air conditioning, electrician, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you're not going to make $60, $70 an hour. Right, right. right. But it's not going to cost you that much to live here. Right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a... Yeah. Um, it's very similar to Western Slope of Colorado, where I live, where you know it's a beautiful place to live, but people want to move there. They don't understand that the job market, like it's not like yeah. a big city type environment. Yeah. Um, not a lot of corporate in industry, you know. Right. Well, there's been a lot of, and there's a lot of growth to the county of the south, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of housing down there in order to handle some of the the, the low wage workers that are coming in and working in the hotels. And yeah, we're. Uh... We're struggling the city and county. We can't have a major chain hotel come in and expect to work 50 crew. They can't afford the wage level to the tourist prices. Mm. So now when before you get a permit to build something really large, you have to build employee housing. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Where are they doing that? There's a six-month moratorium on building anything overnight stay now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just leaps and bounds and um, like a gold rush. And finally, the city and county said, "Okay, we got to stop. We got to th- rethink this. We got to get a plan. We're going to do it organized and all that." And what you were referring to, South, is the next county. They within the next five years, there's going to be six thousand people in a housing addition out there. Wow! Wow! So now we've got to. Think about our water supply, uh, uh, natural gas, sewer, uh, traffic. All of that uh, infrastructure. All of that. Because in that county, the county seat is 50 miles away. Wow. So our officials have come to their senses or whatever. Let's stop. Let's, we got to do this plan. We got to think this out a little bit. Wow. 
and uh, they're doing a great job. Used to be they'd have a meeting on Wednesday night and not tell anybody, make all these plans and rules. <laughs> well, the locals <laughs> would just have a fit. I'll bet. You know? I'll bet. So now they take a plan, it probably takes six months of meetings with the local input and opinions. Wow. So jumping around like we do, um, back to the trails. Yep. So you're out here, you, you know, you've been on, how many trails have you been on, Corey? Oh, I think I've been on pretty, on much, all of them. pretty much the ones that are offered during, during Easter Jeep Safari by Red Rock Four Wheelers. There's, there, that's a pretty large selection of stuff, and there's definitely something for everyone. Everything from uh, a dirt road to extreme, like Danny mentioned, like Pritchett Canyon and, and Moab Rim and some of the tougher stuff. We, uh, the, the private property south of town, a lot of people ask about uh, area BFE that people are familiar with or have been familiar with over the years. Um, that landowner is actually going through a, a phase of wanting to, to change things out there. Um, and so that area is no longer open right now. And it was some of the most extreme stuff uh, in the area. It was a giant playground, basically, mm. for, for Jeepers to go. Um, hopefully... Uh, he gets that figured out, and, and that area becomes open again. But um, no, Moab's definitely got a plethora of that, trails. That area you're, you're referring to is uh, a private property, and you can just run wild. You think you can do it? Do it. Do it. Where on our trails here, you got to stay on trail. It's going to be developed, and it's it's coming around, but it's going to take a year, year and a half to do the infrastructure and. That kind of stuff. Yeah, I always had fun out there because it was just you definitely had a, a wide variety of, of trails um, in that area. And, and, and again, it was fun because you could sit there and watch guys just doing stuff. Yeah. And, and Crazy stuff. Yeah. 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 And the BLM and forestry and all that, they're realizing that it's getting too congested here and dangerous. So they're opening up more land in that county to kind of spread us all out a little bit oh, to really? get them. So you don't have a 52-inch tire, 900-horsepower meeting at the top of a hill on a bicycle. That's <laughs> kind of... Yeah, they don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I asked a question before, was, but does anybody ever actually go out and develop new trails on the public lands, or is it... And is there something like the Red Rock four-wheelers work on, or or is it just that the trails we have now are the trails we're going to have for the There's next 20 years? such a long... Uh, jump through the hoops to develop new trails. Uh, the locals, the clubs, and everybody. We spend a lot of time cleanup, improvement. We have the winners. We've been in culverts. We've blocked this, and you know, it's a a year-round job just to maintain what we have mm-hmm. in the county. So that talk about that because you know we hear about that. Obviously, where we're from, Cal for Wheel. Most trails have a club that, that have adopted the trail or the area and maintain that. Is that the same thing the Red Rock four-wheelers do out here? or uh, The Red Rock four-wheelers is one club. We have Friends of Four-Wheeling is another club. Okay. We have uh, Salt Lake has a club. Grand Junction has a club. And we rely on BLM, Forestry, and Department of Interior. Like We got five culverts, and we, they're washed out. That is their club event. This is a work day. Let's come up here, and one guy go, yeah, I got a backhoe, I got a skid steer. We go in there and knock out a damn job in one day, where it would take them a week or whatever. They right. just they they don't have the resource. Right. But uh, as far as new trails, it's it's quite a circus to get one to yeah. open up. So, but there has been trail closures over the years. 
how that does to erosion, um, the plants and all that is close to let it re, the work. Re, yeah. Uh, yeah, regenerate, regenerate, regenerate yeah. yeah. And then the land moves, we have flood, we have rock uh, falls and crashes, and sometimes like, this is, we're, we can't move a mountain. <laughs> right. So right. then we have to deal with that. Divert and, and that's where you get the new trail, closed trails and all that. Yeah, it's, it's, and I've only been on a handful uh, of the trails out here, and generally it's been with organized runs during each Jeep Safari. Um, I think, you know, we've done, you know, we did a metal cloak run out here, gosh, was that 2011, I think, our third year in, um, and uh, did it out here. We did that mashed potatoes, um, and that was a lot of fun with Clifton, of Poison Spider fame, and, and uh, you know, did a few runs, but... Ever like ever since 2014, I haven't had a chance to run, so it's been. It's well, been referring back to the closure, uh, it's usually an area that get closed. Um, single track motorcycle will cut off up through this dirt, oh. and then somebody else cut through. Then our winters come, the water starts running down, disturbs the crust and on top, and the wind blows the sand away, and there's areas where. Okay, I'm in a razor. I'll go up, and then the jeepers go. Well, that looks like a trail. I'll go up, and then pretty soon we got a, a ditch that nobody can get up. Right. Or yeah. that's how things get closed. Close. Off off trail closes trails. That's right. Well, and that's kind of important out here because, and I don't. You can t- you can probably talk to this better. I can. But when we had modern jeep adventure, we had an observer with us because we had a media permit, right? You have an observer mm-hmm. comes out and BLM observer to make sure and kind of make sure everybody's doing stuff right. But one of the things that was most important was this crust. Yes. A- 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 this crust that just takes years, hundreds of years to develop. Billions. It's uh, some kind of yada yada bionic. Cryptobiotic. Cryptobiotic. We'll have it's links a on fungus. That. Yep. that is where, when the world was being created, where it started. And from there is how we got trees, bushes, grass, and all that. And so, when you step on it or run on it, it's millions of years. It's just destroyed. Destroy it. It's and gone. And you wouldn't know. It's just this little crust. But it's there. And... and this is for our modern Jeepers, and many of our modern Jeepers and our fans are new to the Jeeping, and we try to teach them what we can. But when you're going to places, it is important to stay on the trail. There are some places, Sand Hollow, there are no trails, right? right? And it's just a different world. But when you're out here, there are trails here for a reason. And uh, it, it's because of the evolution of wanting to maintain the love and the beauty of the area for everybody. Well, you can have, uh, you pull up and stop, take a 10-100 and walk 10 feet out into that stuff you're crushing millions of years of growth it'll, it'll never right. it'll never come back just walking just walking wow. that's right so wow. and there's plenty of uh educational material around take the time to get the brochure oh that's what that looks like and that's what that is that is one of the things about moab it's become such a a hub that there's a lot of a lot of literature out there for people coming out here that are that are new and have never been here before. Pick up one of the guidebooks. Go down to, downtown is a plethora Service. of information. Yeah. Information center. You down, bet. Downtown is amazing too. It's it's you know we've seen the evolution, but the restaurants, the quality of food, the you know it's not as much about the little. I think ten years ago it was a little lot more of those little stores selling right. the ten dollar t shirts, and now it's really kind of evolved to just these. And you can speak to the to the seasons out here, but we were talking to some of the 
some of the employees at restaurants now that seem to be that there's not really a, an off season anymore. No. It's just going year round. Yeah, it's not like rush hour LA. It's just rush hour all the time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a little insight to the locals is uh, we have no left turn season. No left turn. Yep, you hit a lot. You'll set through 10 lights trying to make it. you got to figure out how to go around the block and catch <laughs> and, a light. Right. And then uh, when I was here, the uh, snowbird, living in California, the snowbird thing didn't register to me. Right. And I asked somebody, uh, what is the snowbird thing? And he goes, well, it's the old gray, out of season, everything's on sale. Everybody from the north is headed to... To the Phoenix, south, that's uh, right. right. All of that, they're coming through. What was, uh, I have a friend have a has a bumper sticker. And uh, this is going to sound crude, it's just a joke. <laughs> sure. The it's bumper okay. sticker says, if it's uh, tourist season, why can't we shoot them? <laughs> <laughs> right, open tourist season, why not? Yeah. Open yeah. tourist season. As a local, though, I mean, how often do you go downtown? How often do you go to the restaurants down there? Or is it Are the prices there... Touristy prices, or do you think they're actually good? You know, good prices for everybody. Well, they used to be seasonal. I think some of the hotels are they have a winter rate, summer rate, that type of stuff. It's turned into it's a tourist. They're going to make their money. Well, I, a lot of people always say, you know, well, when's the best time to go to Moab? And I say, well, anytime that it's not snowing or raining yeah. um, or the wind's blowing. And uh, a lot of people come out here for Easter Jeep Safari. They get kind of frustrated because there are so many people in town during this week. And I always tell them, you know, if, if you want to go out there and, and have a, enjoy yourself and be able to go out on a trail and eat at a restaurant and not stand in a long line... Don't come during Easter Jeep Safari. Yet, if you're a cheaper, you've got to kind of experience Easter Jeep Safari week because of all of that. So it's definitely a trade-off. And this year, periodically, they line up. Easter Jeep Safari, 60,000 people in town, and it falls on spring break. Right. And it's... Yeah. That much more. Yeah. But uh, it's getting better. It's just you learn to deal with it. And to answer your question about uh, going downtown... I mean, I'm eight miles from the center of town, and we're down there quite a bit, and lots and dinners, and friends always want to go out, and the gas and the groceries. Right. It's a normal living thing. I'm just eight miles out. Yeah. It's interesting, because we've kind of tried to discover new places, too, because we have our habits, right? We come out here, we've got to go to Pasta Jays, you know, we've got to do Zach's, you got to do... The brewery. The brewery. The brewery. Yeah. That's the first place we went to Sunday when we arrived, dropped <laughs> off the trailers, went to the brewery. you got to do um, the Moab Diner. But like yesterday, we went and had breakfast at uh, the Peace Tree. Yeah. Went and drove by the diner. The diner had a huge, huge line, line of people outside, of course, and yeah. went down to the Peace Tree. That was great. It was well, a, it's like uh, Branding Iron is a few blocks from me. Across the other side of the highway, the Hidden Cuisine, great food, plenty of it. Not cheap, but not... Reasonable uh, prices. Right, how big. How, how, I've never been to the Branding Iron. How's the Branding Iron? Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, the... LDS church and all that. Uh, if you want a drink or a cocktail before or a beer with, you kind of look for the restaurants that have the licensing and stuff like that. A lot of people, a lot of them are, I don't know about the Peace Tree. Can you order a beer if they have a liquor license? Well, we went for breakfast. I don't really pay attention. I don't know if they have it. I don't enough. think so. Yeah, in the Utah, just to help you understand if you're not, haven't been here, is they have science. You're either a bar or you're a restaurant. And there's different rules for each. Like a bar, you don't have to buy food to get a drink. You go to a restaurant, 
you got to buy food to get a drink. So the Moab Brewery obviously is a bar. You can go in and no, it's just a restaurant. get it. It's a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So, and if it, you remember now, I've been in there. So you have to, if you go to the bar, you can't just order a beer. You can't sit in the restaurant area and drink a but beer. But you go to the bar section. If you, you just want a beer or try, try their microbrews, you got to sit in this area. Okay, right. And then they have a little cubicle on the side where you can actually buy a bottle or something. Yes. And, and, and take them. But what, what are the rules about, because I think it hasn't it changed like what the alcohol content can be? Well, the state of Utah has got all control over alcohol. They are going to have to, and they're, I think they've already done it, uh, they're just going to have to turn a blind eye. A uh, good way to understand it really quick is you cannot buy Coors Light, Budweiser, Miller, all the name brand beers at the state liquor store. Right. Because state liquor store, 5%, it's liquor. So you have to get, buy the malts and the microbrewery and all that. And if they do have it, it's unrefrigerated. So Coors Light and the Bud and all that stuff, it's warm. Oh, so, so so if you buy it, so is that stuff available at the state market? Yes. Okay. Gas stations. Gas stations, okay. Local, there's a beer and wine license and there's a liquor license. Okay. There's been a lot of talk, I know recently, that Utah's looking at, yeah, there's there's some, they're wanting to change some of that, and it's always been a, a matter of how we measured the alcohol content in a beer, whether it's alcohol by weight or alcohol by volume. And uh, I know in Colorado, we still had a lot of 3.2% availability in, in, in grocery stores, but you couldn't get full-strength beers, you had to go to a liquor store. So, and what has forced this is the... Major Coors Light button and all that. They go, this is a this hassle. Is, right, it's We're ridiculous. just going to stop making it. You're right. And that's what happened. And they just stopped making it. And uh, you guys deal with it. You guys it. figure <laughs> it out. Because, yeah, we have these. this specific brew has to be you know less alcohol by volume or weight. And that's what can be sold at a grocery store. So then they're having to split up their entire warehouses with two separate well, when I went to, I visited uh, and got a tour at Moab Brewery years ago when I was doing my beer festival in Sacramento, and I came out here and talked to the owner, or probably one of the owners, and, and he gave us a tour, and he had just got his canning system. And back in his warehouse, he had pallets and pallets and pallets of cans that he was ready to start running through his canning system. But he had two separate designs and two separate um, cans. One was for the local sale, and one he was hoping to export, like to California and other states. And so it was. A, he had to have two different cans because they had two different designs for the different the different alcohol content. Well, I'd like to because we're on the adult beverage thing. <laughs> get back to adult beverages and our trails. Yes, please. Okay, national parks, BLM, and Department of Interior, and all that. When you're in this land out here. You might as well be going roaring down the L.A. freeway. Open container. A beer in the car where the driver can reach. Uh, the old, uh, oh, I fit my buggy in the in the hot tubs and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, yeah, and you're bragging about it. You're on federal land. Mm-hmm. You left a scene of an accident. They will, you're, you might as well just figure you are on a freeway. Or you flopped it or it's upside down. Got to be careful. You got to just keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, 
in most of the trails out here. Uh, let's create a scenario. We got a ranger sitting across the wash over there. We pull up. Somebody's got a aeropatire or whatever. Everybody pops a beer and you stand around drinking. And okay, we're ready to go again. We throw it down, get in our vehicle and drive off. The guy over there with binoculars, you're drinking and driving. It's a... It's a that's a no-no. Absolutely. Remember, come here on vacation. Don't go home on probation. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I've actually been... Uh, this was a number of years ago... Um, been on a trail with Red Rock Four Wheelers during Easter Jeep Safari, and there was two two rigs that were not a part of our group, and I think we were up on Poison Spider Mesa, as I recall. The sheriff showed up. Those two rigs were, were drinking on the trail noticeably as the group went by, and uh, they actually flew in a helicopter, yep. landed it there, and wrote citations to these folks. Sheriffs got out of the helicopter and wrote those citations. Yep. It's a wow. big deal. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's just smart. I mean, modern Jeepers, you know, you're out there, you're wheeling... Uh, it is not smart to be wheeling when you're drinking. I don't care where it is, whether it's allowed or not. You know, it's a, it's dangerous. We've unfortunately, we all probably have known people who have been injured. Uh, I I know somebody who died because of you know you can't say it was because of that, but drinking was involved. And it's just stupid to be out there doing something that is already inherently dangerous, and then adding alcohol or or, or liquid courage to the action. Because it's liquid stupidity. Well, if we set aside the alcohol thing, uh, also the off-trail, uh, I can't mention the person's name, well-known, big-time competitor builder. And I don't think there's a hat big enough to fit his head. <laughs> but uh, we had an instance where, uh, I bet, you know, blah, blah, I can't make that. And it's off-trail. He heard it. Off down, come back, ha, 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 and all that stuff. Here come a little side-by-side around the corner, and he goes, come here. Back then, it was 450 I think it's 750 now. Wow. Red's ticket. Off trail. Off trail, fine. Yeah. And uh, his head got bigger, and his fur stood up on the back of his neck, and uh, he got three of them in one bowl. Nice. Yeah. 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 So don't think you got it in your way. Hell's Revenge is a perfect example. You can't outrun that radio. That's right. License number, description, and how many people, and what color your T-shirt is. You'll come out that check station. They'll go. Hold yeah, on. Stop right here for a second. Uh, sign this, and here's your ticket. Yeah, we got something for you. That souvenir to take with you. Yeah. I noticed it's actually driving around here though. There's a lot of the the vehicles, the the police vehicles, the sheriffs, the local, other than the state trooper that has the obvious, uh, you know, beehive logo yeah. on the side. Very a lot of unmarked. You know, y- yesterday we had a guy get pulled over across from our CTI trailer at Arches Repair Center, um, and he got pulled over by sheriff's truck, right? And and he got pulled. Two cars behind him got pulled in a Dodge. It was a Dodge Charger and another truck. Both were unmarked. Well, that comes during uh, the season. You know, 60,000 people there were overwhelmed with right. uh, ding dongs. <laughs> you know, and, and Mona has some interesting laws regarding mud flaps covering yeah. the rear of the vehicle and things like that. But you know what? The, I tell people that want to come out here um, if you behave, if you act like an outstanding citizen when you're driving, you don't drive 
crazy. This isn't Disneyland downtown. It's actually a highway that runs through town and with a lot of traffic on it. If you drive like a real person, you're not going to get hassled. But if you come down here and you act like you own the place, yeah, that's a problem. Well, we've got uh, together as locals and got the laws changed here in Utah. In the garage, complaining about the mud flaps and tires covered and what the law was and all that. And this person popped up and says, well, let's just change the law. And I go, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> right, right. Well, well, two weeks later, he's in here, hey, I need a couple thousand dollars. Uh, we got a lobbyist, we got this, and we got lawyers. And uh, they went through the, jumped through the hoops and everything. Oh, wow. And now, thankfully for the side-by-sides, open wheel, no mud flaps, bought that way, and they couldn't run on the street and... Anyway, it's worked out now. You can register your buggy with a, if it's got a small license plate on it, a small license plate is different rules and restrictions to a full-size license plate. Okay. You will see a full-blown rock crawler with a small license plate. He operates under a different rule book than one that has a big license plate. Now, what does it take to get that? If somebody's coming here from back east or whatever and he wants to come wheeling out here, can he get a temporary license plate? Uh, yes. It's not a... No. You, you can't register another sometimers. Some states, they recognize their off-road... Let's say California. We call it the green sticker. Right. And right now, there's a confusion, a war over we... Don't recognize Colorado. So Colorado <laughs> says, well, up yours, we won't recognize yours in our state. Wow. But if you do come here, and you can go down for $17 to one of the local gas stations or a rental company or the information center and show them your ID, registration, driver's license, and it's good for, I think, 30 days, week. Uh, there's a time period. But you will get pulled over without that uh, sticker on it. If you're out of state, out of country, that kind of stuff. Interesting. So you can still come out here with your toys and, and, and get permission yes. locally, yeah. just little fees. Red Rock Four-Wheeler Magazines, they, it's all in there. It's explained. And the liquor laws are explained in there. Red Rock Four-Wheelers do a tremendous job of getting the information out. But like if you have a, have a samurai... Depends on which plate you put on it. Ah, just because of... Uh, I can give a perfect example with the, uh, what do we call them, truggies, where they take the bed off and exocage it and all that. Right, right. I was in one of my Jeeps, and uh, we'd stopped. I had a fuel pump problem, and we were in a group. Well, here come a BLM officer up, which I didn't know, and he come to see my Jeep. It's big red, Oh, he's admiring. I'm explaining to him. We're just talking, and what's the problem? Oh, they're fixing the. And he walks over and looks, and he looks at this truggy, and there's no license plate, uh, no permit, no map. So he started in, pulled the book out, and he was quite. He very professional. He said, "Well, we got two ways we can do this. I can." Impound the vehicle, or I can cite your driver's license number, which in this part of the country you get points for 
tickets and all that, and you get to a certain number, you lose your license. So the story behind it was he had just bought it and hadn't registered it, and it was all illegal. Wow. So he turned to the guy that was getting the ticket or impounded or whatever. He says, now I can give you an opportunity off the book. I notice you got a woman with you. Uh, you don't drive and I will let her drive this out of here, but get the hell out of here. Or I'm going to impound or you'll get a wow. ticket. Wow. Go get a sticker. Interesting. So they're not all here to kill us. Right. I mean, they right. rules are rules, laws are laws. That's right. And that was a perfect example of, he didn't open ice chest. Nobody cracked a beer. They weren't standing around. We just had a mechanical problem, and he wanted to see the Jeep. Nice. So when uh, the officers pull up, don't get mad. Don't get argumentative. They're right. there to do. They're either trying to help or yeah. safety concern and things like that. Well, you're right. They have they have so much more. I know that uh, last year I had run into a couple of BLM guys at a sandwich shop at the other end of town, yeah. and I went offered to buy them lunch like hey I'll take care of this for you but he, they were so appreciative of what they were doing and I didn't want it they were fine they have a budget for it and, and all they that, have but, rules and they have rules and, but they were imports you know they were from someplace else they are here for two weeks or whatever it was just to support and you said you know there's 50,000 people out here this week um, and so many rigs and so many jeeps and so many people on the trails that they that, that influx of people from all over the region and and they all appreciate this. I mean, this is their lives. They're part of the lifestyle as well. They're not here to just... That's right. They're not just here to stop you from having fun. They're here to make sure that everybody's safe. Well, back to that sticker thing. I think it is uh, Alabama. There's a state back east that side-by-sides, quads, recreational stuff, you go in and buy it, all you get is a sales receipt. Right, yeah. They, you don't get not a title. A vehicle. You know, right. really? It's not registered or anything. Well, I had a group come up here like that, and they all run down there to get their permit. And, uh, where's the registration? Where's yeah, the we don't have registration. <laughs> yeah, right? you know, yeah. like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, how do you know you own it? Oh, I got to bill a sale. Okay. Yeah. So what do they do? How did that? They didn't get one, and they uh, luckily just went ahead and went, and nobody got caught. Interesting. Yeah, that's luck, but don't always challenge don't always depend on your luck, right? That's right. Yeah. That's and right. it is a good thing. I would hate for somebody to steal something to mine and no idea or proof of it was gone. That's right. Yeah. It was yours. And, and Colorado is, is like that where, um, you know, I've got a, a, AT, or a UTV that I use to plow snow in my driveway, but there's no title to that. And I know with theft of snowmobiles and things like that used to be a big deal because those are not titled uh, quote unquote vehicles so when they're gone they're kind of gone <laughs> yeah well and the other thing too it gets stolen the guy stole it and sold it right and no proof of anything nothing even if they steal it scrape the sticker off when they go to put their sticker on may not be at the moment but Weeks later, when they have time, they go, hey, that's a stolen VIN number here. And right. This got. number is not, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, good and bad. For sure. So you, you turned on something here in the garage that we were looking at, and uh, we'll show a picture on uh, on the Modern Jeeper page. But uh, 
there's this Coors sign up here and it's all neon blue and, and pretty and white. And underneath it in neon red, it has Grandpa's Garage. In neon. How did you get that? What, what's the deal it with that? It was a Coors team building uh, outing. And uh, they had rented one of the local Jeep renters. They had six or eight Jeeps. And during the process, the rental owner said, Hey, we want to uh, come out, campfire, got barbecue, we we'll flip some burgers and drink some beer and sit around and give these people a, a camp out atmosphere. And after it's all said and done, like I said, everything is brought here and they wanted to tag the garage. Nice. And they tagged it with that sign. If you have good rich, I have another one. I'll turn that on. They can get a picture of that. And then you'll see all the other stuff. It's just people that tag. Is it? Everywhere from major corporations to the little guy that... Signs the back of the door here. Thank you. Da 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 da. I think that's that was our first thing here was uh, our hex decal with a little signature on it. Yeah. It was the very first thing on our door, and I felt so proud that I was, you know, I was tagging this iconic place. And yeah. And then, in fact, right above your head is the uh, was the next banner. Then that actually was brought out here by Randy Avery uh, when he when he came out here. And there's a picture of his race rig right next to it. And and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just cool. So for our listeners, well, all that, the way around, not to interrupt you, yeah. but you flip your head around and a camera around, there's money stapled to the wall. Oh yeah, yeah. they yeah. didn't have anything to tag, so they <laughs> pulled out a bill, bill wrote yeah. on the thing, and stapled it to the wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our listeners that uh, want to experience Grandpa's Garage, uh, they definitely have an opportunity coming up. Over Memorial Day weekend, we'll have our modern Jeeper adventure here in, in Moab, Utah again. And uh, Danny's kind enough to open up the garage for us, and we're actually going to have dinner out here one night uh, during that adventure. So, yeah, if you're not uh, if you're not signed up and you want to make a trip out to Moab and, and experience Grandpa's Garage, that's a, a good way to it's, come it's see It's a great it. opportunity, and the wheeling during that weekend is great. You know, It may be one of the busiest weekends in Moab um, ever, but it's not the busiest weekends on the trails. Right. So it makes it a great, uh, great time to get out there and, and wheel. Uh, take a moment to back up a little bit. Sure. The most questioned thing that's been tagged here in the garage is over the bathroom door, there's a pair of men's uh, briefs, underwear. Uh-huh. Slightly torn. He's in the shower, and he's taking forever, and they're lined up here, and they're knocking on it, get the hell, get out the hell. So he slipped those on. Wasn't finished drying off and everything, and he come out here, and he's wet and trying to dry. I had the propane heater. He backed his butt up to it and was drying <laughs> off and caught the underwear on fire. <laughs> oh! So he ripped it off. He ran out. He ran out to the water hose and put the fire out, and now he's really wet and cold. <laughs> but anyway, he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna." <laughs> That's funny. There's a story to everything in that place. But anyway, I, well, I kept looking around to see if there were any bras put up. Like, you know, it's usually what ends up in a place like this. <laughs> uh, club from uh, well, I, we have children and yes, sure, it's yeah, family yeah. friendly. Uh, it's family right. friendly. But on uh, over on the work side of the garage, over under all my brooms and dustpans, there's a pair of panties that is four feet wide and about two and a half feet tall <laughs> that it was the club's uh, we call them boo-boo bounds or screw up 
you done something silly, stupid, you had to fly these giant panties and tell the next person. That's great. Whatever. That's great. But I went off and left them here uh, camping in their night here. I come back. These things are spread out on my table with a picture of eight women inside of them. Oh, boy. <laughs> so you can imagine, visualize all one pair of panties with eight wow. women in them. Wow. There's a bottle hanging up here, I just noticed. Um, just hanging randomly off of... off of Somebody wrote on it and hung it up there. there. Yeah. There's a bottle over there with all the beads around it, and it's written on. Yeah. And it's in a language that I... I don't know what it says, but uh, <laughs> very suggestive. And uh, like I say, after Safari, I walk around and go, ooh, that wasn't there. But yeah, where'd that, where'd that get here? Yeah. Yeah, a Coors can with something on it sitting on a hot water heater. And, and it's fun because they come back and look for that. Right, know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now, this has been great. And I think we've had, yes, it's been a great thing. But we want to go on. We have our tech tip of the week. And since we're here, we didn't really talk about what our tech tip of the week was going to be this week. But you've got so much that comes through here in this garage. If I was to ask you this question, what is the number one thing you th- you think a four-wheeler doesn't do that puts him in, in the, the garage. garage after his trip? Like preventing maintenance. I, I actually was just looking at uh, a, a sign that's on the wall behind me where I'm sitting. And uh, Danny's got a Jeep Wrangler Fluid Capacities laminated sign on the door it's that preventive maintenance side of things we go out on the trail we we wheel hard and uh we've all been there where the brakes are failing the transmission doesn't shift right fluid capacities that's huge and something so simple and nobody does it well uh the tech tip would be that i give to them as they come in and their rear wheel bearings or pouring oil all over the brakes. And I go, well, is it full? Oh, yeah, fill her right up to, <laughs> no, on your particular axle, it takes uh, either four liters or four quarts. How many did you put in? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I put some in it. It's full. Yeah, fill it until it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, uh, that, that's another beauty of this garage those you can come here and if Danny's around I mean you you give advice right yeah you don't ranch but you give advice and it's one man's opinion <laughs> but that's if right. you don't want to know don't ask me because I'm gonna tell you right well that's one thing that's um, you know having been around the the industry and wheeling and and doing that so many years of your life yeah you've seen a couple of things come through here and it turns out you have a pretty good idea of how to fix something. You may not have never done it before, but you, you've seen it done. So, yeah, there, there's that kind of knowledge is, is great. What is, what is the, the fun thing? thing, too, here is the camaraderie of uh, you got to fix it yourself. But then you have the Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks. Why'd you do it that way? Right. And then the hecklers. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's the full gamut of the... And for the ha-ha thing is uh, I had a chair out there, and I was sitting there, and I'd go... Uh, when you pull that Model 20 or 30 transfer case, be aware that they're rolling bearings or needles. They're not in a case. They're going to go everywhere. Get me a beer. Uh, oh, yeah, you don't torque down the, the nuts on the front hub. You tighten them, back them up. and Get me a beer. And I thought I was being funny. I turned around to the bench, 
and the beer, full beers are stacked in the pyramid. <laughs> no, that's just funny. <laughs> well, and you uh, just recently, I had, one of the things I, I was thinking about, um, you just recently had a birthday, my friend. Yes, I did. Had a big party out here. Yes. There's a giant throne that they actually built for you out there. And in the all the friends here and uh, the people are here totally 100% surprised me. That's uh, pretty impressive in your own place. Had people that would keep me busy. Oh, my, the GFI, my motor home lost electricity. I'd be out front. <laughs> and then Richard Winchester from BF Goodrich, he got in the toy room in there. He's been in there 50 times. And he was like, Danny, I didn't know all this was in here. And then he's blocking the door. He got me <laughs> back to the window. And then I'd talk and uh, get ready to walk out. And he'd go, well, tell me about the Jeepsters. Or tell me about the flat fenders and all that. And finally he got, I just said, get out of the way. <laughs> I want to get out of my room here. <laughs> as soon as I stepped out, the garage door blew up and Fetty everywhere and ever happy birthday. <coughs> it brought a tear to my eye. Oh, it was wow. just one hundred percent and three quarters of a century old now. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Seventy five years and, and they give you a throne. It's yeah. it, describe that. What who built that and what was the uh, Durham Motorsports, Chris Durham, we've been friends for a long time. And his partner, Travis, uh, they put that together. And the, the haha of it, I helped him unload the skeleton off of the trailer. Oh, that's funny. He laid in the front yard. Everybody had come by, what is this? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> Open a beer, we stand around. Well, it could be this, it could be that. And all Travis would say is, Blanche Durham, it's probably something he's going to put in the booth at the show. And well, I think it's a chair. I think it's a wagon. I think it's this. There's leaf springs up, but we never seen it all together. Wow. And that's how they kept me occupied while they were in the front, <laughs> bolting all this stuff on. That's awesome. That's awesome. <coughs> well, that's, that's just a testament to you, uh, to your life, and to what you've done and, and, and how you've treated people. That they want to treat you. And, and so we're sitting here uh, having a conversation with uh, Grandpa, Danny Grimes, and in walks the uh, the man behind Raceline Wheels uh, beadlock division, uh, Greg Mulkey. Say hi, Greg. Hey, guys. What's going on in here? Uh, Council meeting or something? Yeah, yeah, we're having a meeting of the minds. We're building roads, stacking yeah, rocks. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just well, By the way, it's uh, quarter to 12, and uh, what are you doing awake and up and moving around already? You're early today. <laughs> I thought we agreed to talk about that in silence. <laughs> just us close friends, not with a microphone in front of us. <laughs> right, right. But I'm in Moab, so I gotta get up and get early. We got wheeling to do. That's right. That's it's right. back. It's about lunchtime. Anybody in for lunch? We should probably Let's take them all to lunch. Let's go. Yeah, we gotta do that. We also got uh, we got a CTI trailer one to six today, so about right. Yeah, absolutely. Work today. Gotta work today. Gotta, gotta put work. me to work. <laughs> so, well, hey, I I would just want to say thank you. Danny, for this privilege, for the stories, for letting us be here, for, as I was saying, for, for being who you are, because that birthday, the party, everything, it was just testimony to who you are, the life you've led, and what you've brought to this off-road industry. Because I do believe, and I, I sincerely believe this, without you here, the environment of Eastern Jeep Safari amongst all of us would be different. Because um, yeah. I think we'd be a lot more uh, head-butting 
and a, and, a, and a lot less friendships and hanging out and really trying to enjoy this after we're out, after the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And I have some I would like to say. Easter Jeep Safari and Moab and what goes on here. I am only one spoke in the wheel. Mm. It's a group effort. Right. And to wrap it up, I tell everybody, come back when you can stay longer. Yes. There you go. That's Perfect. it. Come back when you can stay longer. Well, thank you, Danny, again. It's been another great Modern Jeep show. Corey, we had a, a fantastic time. This was a great idea to, to come out here and, and talk with Danny. we got a lot more to do this week. Um, any final parting thoughts from you? No, if you uh, haven't been to Moab, come, come out, come see it, come take part in what this whole off-road thing's about in Moab, Utah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You have to come out and do it. It's, it's got to be a bucket list, list item. Uh, Modern Jeeper Adventures, you can come out and join us or come do it with your friends. Um, and also part of Easter Jeep Safari, you can come out and be a part of that. You just you have to do that. As always, you can find us at Modern Jeeper Adventures. You can find us at uh, at uh, ModernJeeper.com, ModernJeeperAdventures.com, ModernJeeperForum.com, Corey on Facebook, me on Facebook, Metal Cloak, and of course, you know, one of our who Greg who just walked in here is one of our great supporters of Modern Jeeper uh, Raceline. We've always been very very appreciative of their support, and uh, make sure to to reach out to them if you need anything. Absolutely. We always got wheels for everything that they need. There you got go. tires on it. There That's you go. Right. Always That's keep right. your dirty side down on the trail and always be safe, number one. That's right. Perfect. All right, Modern Jeepers, we'll see you on the rocks. Cheers. This podcast will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one.